This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the 919 Beer Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. It's the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 999 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt from 919 Beer. Bunch of guests today. We got uh, Raleigh, I mean, I'm sorry, we got uh, City Beer Tours, which will come on by, get uh, see what they're about. Uh, driving you around so you can experience uh, some fun breweries. And we'll uh, check in with Rocky Mount Mills, the latest going on. A little, a little graduation, a little change in how things are going at Rocky Mount Mills. So that'll be a fun catch-up. What have you guys been up to? Um, what have we been up to? Wayne the, and I started a new podcast. The usual. You did start a new podcast. We did. Because that's what we need is, is just a couple more white dudes talking on microphones. Well, I mean, you know, we do the best we can. I mean, we... I believe I believe at the rate we're going, about 80% of all white males will have a podcast at some point. That's where we're headed. That's probably accurate. Yes. Yes. And then some of us will have two or three or four like you. I'm just kind of skewing it a little bit more ethnic, but I mean... We're just trying to catch up to your number. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just think it's funny. Oh, so we're a joke. And, I'm, and I'm, working, I'm working on another podcast for this later this summer. Well, we're working on three more. How about that? <laughs> I know. You guys are very busy. Carrie, guys. live, work, play. Check it out. You guys are all about that content now. All about but, that you guys, content. but you guys aren't eating Cincinnati chili. No, I'm not. Skyline chili is awful. Is it Let though? me just throw it out there. You just, it I don't put cinnamon in chili. But do you put cinnamon on Look. cinnamon? Because uh, shout out to Jim Kelly from Mix 101.5 who put Skyline Look. chili on Cinnamon Toast Crunch and ate that. I like, I like most True American. I like most Americans out there right now. I'm a huge Bengals fan. Yeah. But Skyline Chili is where I draw the line. Okay. Are you guys looking forward to the inspirational trying to make you cry Clydesdale commercial that's going to run on Sunday? The, no. No, what? They're trying to make what? Oh, yeah. That's what they, Budweiser's always doing that thing where they're trying to pull at your heartstrings to drink beer. That's what I always love. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vee was involved uh, the, for the last couple of years in the Bud I ads. So. Yeah. Was he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been very instrumental. Look, just bring back Bud Bowl. That's bring all I ask. I don't, need, I don't need, you know, like how America's future is tied to some horses pulling beer. Like, I don't need that inspirational message. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like the Chevrolet. That's what I'm going to get on Sunday. The Chevrolet commercials are better. The Chevrolet commercials are better. The Doritos commercials are always always really good. That's true. That's true. Um, So we we have a very busy podcast today, so let's just go ahead and get to it. But I just want to remind people, uh, speaking of podcasts, we have a bunch of them because that's that's, that's where we are. (laughs) Not Carrie. That's not part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast. Full disclosure. It's not. It's not so, but it can be if the price is right. Yeah, I mean, it's it can not, be. We're, we're looking to, everything's for sale here, guys. So you can check out Wine and Dandy, which is a capital broadcasting podcast that talks about wine. <laughs> There's the ACC Panic Room podcast now. Is that you and Brownlow? That's me and Brownlow. Nice. That's, you know, that's a capital it's broadcasting. It's not just for line. Facebook Live anymore. Not anymore. Uh, but this carry live, work, play business, that's not a capital broadcasting podcast. Rule of sevens, we got to say it two more times. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. So I feel bad. Uh, my COVID 
issues have kind of like backed us up. So multiple um, times, multiple times. And uh, City Brew Tours was supposed to be on a previous podcast, like six months ago, Joe. To highlight what <laughs> what they do, Mike and Davin are here from City Brew Tours, and you guys, you guys are taking uh, the concept of hitting a bunch of breweries and making it just easier on the person who wants to drink. Don't worry about Ubers. Don't worry about DDs. We got you. That's what City Brew Tours is about. Absolutely. We're trying to sort of uh, break that beer bus mentality and create more of a, an elevated, all-inclusive sort of craft beer experience uh, here in Raleigh. So, Yeah, we also not just make it easier on people who want to drink beer, we make it easier on our brewery partners as well. It's not a lot of hassle or work on their side. It's a lot of uh, working with them, promoting them, mm-hmm. uh, making the job easier. All they really have to do is open the tap four times and we talk about how great they are, and we are on, we're on our way. All right, so let's uh, let's kind of go through the process for booking a city brew tour. So I'm assuming you work in partnership with a variety of breweries. How many breweries are you up to, and how many breweries do I get to pick? Absolutely. So right now here in Raleigh, we're at about seven, um, and we visit three to four, depending on the type of tour you're on with mm-hmm. us. Um, so uh, definitely a limited selection right now, but we're ever-expanding. We just launched in the middle of October, so we're really, you know, basically a startup, but yeah, uh, the partners we do have, you know, we have great relationships with and we're working to cultivate some more uh, very quickly. So a um, lot of uh, great stops already featured. Uh, we've got Crank Arm, Mordecai Beverage Company, uh, Gizmo, Compass Rose, Triangle Beer Co. Um, we've got Clouds, both their restaurant downtown mm-hmm. and their taproom location, the actual brewery. So, um, really And how many beers stuff. do I get at each stop? Uh, anywhere between three and four, usually four. And okay. we try to pull some extras four for Four full you. beers? Uh, they are samples. Sam- okay. Yeah. Which yes. equate out to a About full a beer. pint? Yeah, but you're getting okay. about a pint per yeah. stop. But it depends on which stop you or which tour you go on. Um, we have our shortened tour, which is three stops um, and you get a snack that comes on the van mm-hmm. and then those are upgraded our regular tour also known as the original tour where there's four stops but there's also a meal involved as well so we go to a restaurant whether it's a restaurant that serves craft beer mm-hmm. or a brewery that serves food like and we do and, uh, brew okay. and we do our meal and beer pairing as well so how long how long is this tour typically um, anywhere between four and five hours generally. Okay. Um, and we can go longer for like private events. That That's good to mention is that, you know, if you're doing a private type of event with us, let's say a birthday party, bachelor party, a uh, corporate event, we'll pick you up at any location. We'll drop mm-hmm. you off at any location. The times are very customizable. So we can really make our experience a part of something bigger that you're trying to plan. Okay. If you're trying to do a multi-event sort of long day with your buddies. We and can this is not, it's not nothing gimmick in terms of transportation. I don't have to pedal anywhere. No, in the back no. of you know some goofy it's like you're just we're just in a nice van a very exactly. nice van fully air conditioned right. high roof you can stand in it it's perfect great. Yeah. Yeah. perfect not that we advocate standing and moving vehicles absolutely not no. <laughs> of course not of course not. You, you you had mentioned this is not like your standard beer bus so what makes it different um i mean honestly it's for one you can't drink on the van um so that's <laughs> the first rule of thumb, but really we're more of um, a higher, like a higher experience. Yeah. It's more of an educational type thing. We're not going out to get trashed or to, <laughs> you know, go crazy. Um, it tends to happen towards the end of the tour sometimes, depending yeah. on the person. Uh, but it's really an educational type thing where we take you in the back. We show you um, how beer is made, the entire process, teach you about how it's how it's made and, and basically the the whole process all the way, like Mike mentioned earlier, from grain to glass. So you get a little educational thing mm-hmm. while having fun as well. Okay. So. Are you, are you, so if you're going to four different breweries, you're not giving the same 
spiel certainly at every one right no. how, how are you mixing that up yeah that would get tired so uh we generally start on hot side then we'll go to a second location talk cold side third location we may talk packaging or if it's food we'll do a meal and beer pairing kind of pair some food with some beer give you some tips on doing that and then finally generally at our last stop uh people have seen enough bright tanks and enough fermenters to <laughs> have had their fill for the day so we'll just drink at the last location not really do a tour generally unless people want it we're always happy to take you through and point out a mash ton for the fourth time that day <laughs> But, you know, everybody, as everybody who's in the industry knows, it doesn't change well, too much from place that, to place. That's interesting you bring it up yeah. because I, I, I've kind of gotten to the point where, you know, you've, you've been on one brewery tour. You've mm-hmm. probably, you've done them all at this point. Absolutely. Um, and they all have an interesting story and there's the equipment and things like that. I, I, some are done really, really well and it's a fun experience. And, and that's what you guys are trying to do here. It's, it's, it's beyond just here's how XYZ works. You're, you're really trying to just have a nice communal experience with everybody? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we make um, – what's great about the tour, at the beginning we always go out and we um, learn people's names, mm-hmm. where they're from, what their favorite beer style is, and then depending on that, we kind of cultivate the tour based on – uh, the people that are there, um, their experiences, what they've tried, what okay. they haven't tried. Um, and then when we go from stop, um, from pl- uh, brewery to brewery, we always try to, uh, start with our l- uh, least, uh, least like flavor as far as like flavor or, or yeah, we'll um, start on something like light. something lighter and then goes okay. towards something that's a little bit stronger in flavor. So if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to book something like this, are there, you know, specific times of the day? Is it just kind of open-ended? So great question. Yeah. We've got a few different products available. Um, the easiest thing to do if you're just looking to go out and have a good time and not put too much planning into it. Cause it's not an event. It's just to book one of our original tours okay. on our website. Um, we're very millennial friendly in the sense that you don't have to talk to anybody. You just go online, <laughs> click some buttons, you can book any uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We run every weekend. Okay. Um, tours start at 11 and at 5, so we have a morning tour and an evening tour. Um, and again, they last from four to five hours, depending on the product. So um, that's the easiest way to just jump on board, do an experience with us. Um, but again, we also really are working to cultivate uh, being the thing to do for private events in the city. So if mm-hmm. you're looking to go out for a birthday party, corporate event, bachelor, bachelorette party, um, we're perfect for that. You just need to talk to us. We'll coordinate the pickups, the drop-offs, all the breweries, uh, all your beer, open bar, catering. We can do it all. We really okay. can plan an all-inclusive event. You really don't need to do anything. So. Open bar, dude. Uh huh. You guys let's, have slits. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's maybe, free. Maybe maybe you guys can do like an anniversary of UMBC beating Virginia. We should, uh, we should talk about that. Yeah, cool. that would be great. That. We should talk. Yeah. About yes. Yeah. I mean, you got three. I still got all my gear. Yeah. This table. Yeah. There's a lot of energy. <laughs> there is. Yeah. I went. I went to the a lot Duke. Of brain power. It is the honors university. Of yes. I went truly. to the Duke Virginia game uh, earlier this week, and I was kind of laughing at all the Duke students that were holding up UMBC signs, and I'm thinking to myself. But don't forget. No. Well, they don't. Well, Duke fans don't Duke forget. Fans as, don't though, forget. <laughs> as though Duke doesn't have their own, like, y'all lost like a 15 seed. What are you talking about? Anyway, what cracked me up, what cracked me up was like, guys, none of these dudes on Virginia were even there when you and me, like was it that yeah, long yeah. ago yes it was that long ago like there's no it's been a while years. man like those guys 
like they have like it doesn't affect the players in any way. They're like UMBC. <laughs> it affects the alum and that uh, the alums and, and I guess, that's I guess that's the part. You that, know, but you the know. Thing is, it's like they students don't care after that. Students never care as much as as the hardcore adult fans. I know. That's I know. how it works. I know, and that's why. And what also cracks me up too is and like players you, never care as much as the fans. You probably don't get it if you're a Virginia fan that's bothered by that. You don't get a national championship redemption story without UMBC. Okay. Yeah. So you're welcome. You're, you're right. So you <laughs> actually, you guys should actually get. You're welcome, Han. Hun. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Off to Ocean City. Anyway, uh, appreciate you guys dropping by. Cool concept. I like that it's uh, a little bit more elevated and I'm not doing some sort of embarrassing gimmick while I go drink my beer. Absolutely. That's always great. Uh, City Brew Tours, go check them out. Thanks for dropping by. Hey, thanks, thanks for thank having you. Us. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We have all the guests today, apparently. Oh, act like you're put out by this. All of them today. Joe from the Beer Podcast. Let's do your job. Come on. Okay, we'll we'll bring everybody in. So let's uh, let's have a little fun and catch everybody up on what's going on with Rocky Mount Mill. Um, this is this is my favorite part of the conversation when we talk about uh, the brew mill at Rocky Mount. It's a Capital Broadcasting production. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, Austin, I didn't realize this. I've never met Austin, but Austin and I are coworkers. Hi, Austin. Yeah. Howdy, howdy. So you could like send each other like swag through the courier, the, the office courier, Technically, right? if I go into Outlook right now and I put Austin's name, it will automatically come up with an email. And I didn't even realize that. Another reason why Outlook is the best. Yes. Outlook's it's, it's low key. It's low key good. Uh, we got Cam from Hopfly, who uh, still has a has a space and a, and, a, and, a, and a deal with Rocky Mount, but you guys have kind of graduated from the incubator to like, you're out in Charlotte now. Moving on in Charlotte, yeah, we're opening up in a couple of weeks down there. So we are, uh, we're, we're, we're full bore. This beer we're drinking now was our first uh, batch brewed down there. But um, like you said, we still have still have our taproom in Rocky Mount. We still have a production space there. Um, but we're transitioning a lot of our production down to Charlotte. And we got Ethan from Barrel Culture, and you guys now have a space there in Rocky Mount. It's not. This is kind of, and we'll talk. We'll talk about this as the conversation goes about the evolution of what Rocky Mount is about from an incubator space, which was the original idea, to now having kind of out posts for established breweries and you're one of them and you have that space there now right yeah we've been there for a little over a year and a half full speed there two years kind of part-time but uh it's been really good for us as far as expanding from when we just started as a mixed farm brewery Mm -hmm. with nothing but a sour beer warehouse and now we were able to do clean beer and make all the things that everybody wants to drink right now on top of the stuff that we want to make as well back in Durham. So I, I guess, Austin, I can ask you this this part about because of the facility, it allows for, I guess, let's for people who might not be aware, let's walk people through what that facility is about. It allows for contract, I guess maybe not contract, but you get to use the the uh, you get to use the equipment, but it also allows for say barrel culture and others to maybe even collaborate while they're all there. So what what's what's kind of the idea about where things are right now with that space? Yeah, totally. So recently we've been kind of shifting focus to our alternating proprietorship program. Okay, where breweries like Barrel Culture who already have a facility but maybe need or have have different needs that they'd like to be met can move into our facility at Rocky Mount and bring on a certain level of production that is completely up to them, right? Okay. They can they can lease X amount of tanks and have be able to brew X amount of barrels, you know, and pay accordingly to that. Um, and no, oh, well, I was just going to, just to clarify. So, so what the way it started is not the way it is now. And 
This is kind of the evolution we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly. So that frees up space. It's it's like contract brewing, but you're doing it on your own. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. That makes sense. So yeah, because the mills is so cool, it's, you know, it's, it's contracting entire, space. Exactly. And it, the mills being an entire campus and having all of these different restaurants and housing opportunities, mm-hmm. um, breweries from across the state, you know, could staff somebody there full time to run production while still having maintaining their level of production at their original facility. Um, and I guess too, if, um, you know, once, once those needs are met and maybe they want to go in a different direction, you talk about rotation, I guess it's for the consumer, it's good to go back. Cause you don't, you know, somebody new could be taking that, that spot and they could be doing something new there as well. Right. Exactly. Okay. The, the bigger difference too, with the alternating, at least the way I view it is the original breweries that are there, the incubator breweries and how they're permitted there. Mm-hmm. They're allowed. That's, that's where their brewers notice is. That's where their TTB permit is. And they're allowed to have tap rooms and, mm-hmm. As an as an AP brewer, to get in now on the AP thing, you have to have a TTB somewhere else. You have to have a brewer's notice already. You have to already be registered in this, you know, in the system. And we're not allowed to have a tap room necessarily there. Okay. Um, Are you allowed to in the future? That's one of my questions. Because I because so th- the interesting thing is so so we've got barrel culture on this as part of this Rocky Mountain Mills venture podcast, right? But you can't get barrel culture beer on the campus. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no. Like, yes and no. So we we if we ever did a tap room in Rocky Mountain, we wouldn't be able to do it out of the brew space. And like you know, Cam's is not out of the brew space. Right, it's right. Run uh, a full, you know, full place thing. But what they are trying to do right now is I know that uh, Goat Island Bottle Shop. I was going to say there's the bottle shop, shop there, there, right? They put in a new. Or six taps. It's an eight tap, yeah. Eight okay. Tap cooler box. It's going to be dedicated just to to to, to mill breweries. Well, that, that's so a great that, idea. So there is a spot that you I was going to say that's go out there and get what people are making. I was going to say that's the easy solution because I know the bottle shop's right there. It's just a matter of whether or not you're actually selling packages or uh, or out of some you know tap. Well, and so. it's perfect. You talk about collaboration. I mean, that's every brewery involved then and the bottle shop selling the product. That's a nice. Nice little model there for people to go in and be like, oh, well, let's see what's on tap from Barrel Culture or Spaceway or wherever. How many breweries are involved now in in some form in the brew mill, Austin? Yeah, so we've got eight breweries there right now, um, four of which can serve there on campus. Okay, so four have a tap room yeah. that they can serve, and then you have four of the alternating proprietorships. Yep. And those four are Koi Pond, Tarboro Brewing Company, Mythic, and Hopfly. Okay. okay. Got it. Gotcha. Now, specifically about Hopfly, Cam, you, you've been associated with Rocky Mount for a few years now. I mean, like from the jump, right? Yeah, basically from the jump. So okay. when we, we opened up in November of 17. Okay. So we're talking almost closing in on four and a half years now. So, you know, this is an interesting, uh, to me at least, from from a business standpoint, you know, brewing out of there for a while, how, you know, how what was the process to finally decide, all right, it's time to leave the nest, so to speak, uh, for you to go to Charlotte and everything it's else. Yeah. Time to fly out of here. Thank <laughs> 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 uh, you. You know, it was just like, it, it was originally like a, really a three-year incubation thing. Okay. Or, you know, could even have been quicker. And I think what we learned was like, A, we loved Rocky Mountain. We wanted to be there a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, it, it just takes time too, you know, and if you want to go after traditional financing to 
fund an expansion, that process starts early and it takes a lot of yeah. history. So, you know, saying you're going to start there and then three years better there's, is hard. So, you know, we've been pedal to the metal. And for us, it was, you know, as much as anything about just being able to continue to grow our brand from a, you know, a beer quality standpoint, um, a breadth standpoint and an experience standpoint. And, uh, and, you know, for us, the ability to, you know, layer on an additional facility and experience on the other side of the state was, yeah, you I was going to say, why'd you go to the other side of the state? Well, you know, we looked, we looked all over, um, you know, we, yeah. Why Charlotte? Come on. I feel like jilted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up in Chapel Hill, went to college at Duke and loved Durham and I always thought we'd be in the triangle. I was going to say you took over some, you took over the old, uh, I know it was a, a, a pop-up type thing yeah. at the tobacco campus in yeah. Durham. Yeah. So that was fun. So we, we, we always, honestly, we thought we'd be here. Yeah. Um, warehouse space and the right industrial space was hard to find. We've, we've been looking in the triangle for three years Interesting. and we, we didn't find it. Um, got a very unique opportunity in Charlotte, um, that brought us down there. And I think, you know, additionally, we, you know, in my mind, we have amazing customers all over the triangle. We have yep. amazing retail partners with the bottle shops, um, and the retail establishments that we work with. So, you know, sort of, you could argue it both ways, but I mean, for me, it's like, we, you know, we've built an amazing, um, following here and we have incredible retail partners who help build that and we have a flagship location in rocky mount that's only 45 minutes away um so you kind of combine all that and it it made sense for us to try to spread out a little further in addition to some of the specifics of what made this unique deal very right for us yeah so you got a great deal uh from what i've been able to gather and uh through the grapevine and obviously from Wayne talking. knows all. No, I really don't. But um, I know you went into an, an existing space where there was a, a brewery that uh, decided to uh, not brew beer any longer. They were going a different route with something else they do. Um, so you fell into one of my favorite spaces in Charlotte. Um, but so what's happening in Rocky Mountain? You've got the kind of the standalone tap room there. Is that going to continue to operate? Yep. Stand, yeah. So the standalone tap room is, is full speed ahead. And we uh, we still have like we've we've actually now transitioned from incubator tenant to alternating proprietorship tenant. So we've moved our brewers notice down to Charlotte um, okay. and we have a lease on, on brewing space up there. And honestly, um, you know, we're we're trying to get online down in Charlotte. We're trying to figure out how we can best utilize our, our space in Rocky Mount to augment our production down there. Um, so we've got, you know, 930 barrel tanks down there and some 120s that are pretty to look at, but aren't doing us a whole hell of a lot of good. Um, so, you know, Rocky Mount is still a phenomenal place for us to either use as a, you know, essentially a pilot facility, a specialty facility. There's a lot out there that we don't have down in Charlotte yet. So we're still, uh, you know, while we're taking our bumps and bruises, getting Charlotte up and running, we're, we'll figure out exactly what the best way to, to position production in Rocky Mount is. What do you see the timing on Charlotte to actually get up and running and so production? We're, production's full on. We're 100% okay. down there now. Okay. Um, tap room's opening in two and a half weeks. Okay. Cool. So we're close. Soon. Very okay. close. Um, since you spent so much time in the Triangle, um, how is Charlotte different? I've heard they got a lot. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte's bigger. It's got a bigger city, a little bit of a bigger city feel. I mean, the, the biggest difference is that it's it's got like a, a little more of a, just that classic like hub of activities. So you have okay. Uptown Charlotte and off of that radiates everything. And I always, I love the Triangle for this and it's just a unique thing, but the Triangle is like the definition of urban sprawl to me, yeah. right? I mean, you talk about all the different communities, all the different spaces, and there's so much diversity and so much cool stuff to do. Are we just going to act like Ballantyne doesn't out. exist? <laughs> I was going to say, Charlotte's not much different. Are we just I mean, yeah. Ballantyne doesn't well, exist? Char- the Char- carry of Charlotte? Come on now. No, if Charlotte's talking about too. straight uptowns, downtowns, <laughs> there's a difference. Raleigh's old school classic architecture, been around forever. Yeah. Charlotte is, uh, you know, it's white collar people, it's it's uh, it's banking, it's, you know, it's, it's a total different feel i always like to say charlotte has no soul you know raleigh's got a soul charlotte's got all these other things happening but doesn't really have a soul 
They're trying to change that. Though. They're trying to change that. Trying to change that, but it's 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 hard. I I would argue that from like the craft beer standpoint, I feel like Charlotte is. I won't disagree with that at I all. I would feel like Charlotte is right now like yeah. two steps ahead of the triangle, yeah. and I think they're doing Absolutely. a great job of creating Absolutely. that soul for Charlotte. Well, I mean, the light rail system. I'm glad makes- you brought that up because that's that's my general attitude and my experience of going to Charlotte. Because you know, for work, I'll, I'll yeah, I got to go to Charlotte plenty of times. And what I've noticed is, to what your point is, Raleigh's always had a character to it. The Raleigh characters, all right, well, how does the craft beer fit into the character? Yeah, of I totally agree with that. Blank, play, blank space with Charlotte, which the breweries have stepped in yeah. to kind of help create that stuff. So that's 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 why I agree with you, Ethan, in that I've been a little bit more hyped to go to some of the Charlotte breweries and what they're doing with the spaces versus what we've seen. Not that the, not that good brewer, beer is not being made here. It's just a little bit of a different vibe that I enjoy out in Charlotte. Well, I mean, if you think if you go back and start just looking at awards that have been won yeah. over the years, I think Charlotte's going to still outrank Raleigh sure. by a long ways. Um, but certainly the feel, the light rail makes it easy to move around uh, the city and go to different places. I was up there, I think, in uh, October, November and hit like 11 breweries in a day and a half and loved it. I mean, the buildings, the spaces, everything that they're doing up there, uh, there's some really cool things happening. Then you drive outside of town a little bit and... Um, you know, you've got the smaller breweries, and there was one I went to, and I can't remember the name of it. It was a little small space, but it was fantastic. And a week or so later, they won an award, I think, at GABF. So, um, yeah, I, but I just, for a city itself, not the beer culture, the city itself, I think, is uh, it's, it's cold to me. I'm a, I, I'll say I'm excited about the growth of Charlotte, and, like, I'm very much rooting for Charlotte to get CBC here in the next five to ten years. Nice. I really think it's yeah. the town, it, if, as... North Carolina craft beer people, like we should really be rooted for Charlotte too, because I, I think that's the town that if we're going to get one of those big, you know, massive national events, it's yeah, definitely going to be there. Yeah, I mean they've got the hotels to support it. They've got the uh, convention space to support it for sure. Yeah, and you look at these massive, like not even like, these breweries. Like yeah. if you go to like Heist and what oh, the size, the scale absolutely. of what these breweries are going to be, yeah. that can support these massive events as well. It's yeah. uh, it's really impressive what's kind of going on up there in the. In the beer world. And they have the Thirsty Beaver. <laughs> I've heard Mick Jagger hung out there and nobody noticed. I heard that was a thing. Yeah. 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 I'm just upset that we missed Mick Jagger. I, I missed Jagger by a week. I was very upset about that. Very upset about that. Because I was hanging out at Thirsty Beaver the week before. Oh, well. But don't take my uh, feelings, Charlotte, is cold in that I don't. I'm not happy for you, Cam, <laughs> for being in Charlotte and for taking a great yeah. space. I love, yeah. I love the beer community up there. Um, I really do. When I went up there, like I said, back in October, uh, it was fantastic. And um, Uptown. it's one of my favorite places to go for an yeah. in-state beer tour. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too. I mean, I, I grew up in the Triangle, and I had this – I've always had this sort of – I'm going to call it a little anti-Charlotte chip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because – People in the triangle think triangle's better. Um, and it's <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it is. I mean. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been incredible. You know, getting to know the city and getting to know the brewers. And I mean, to Ethan's yeah. point, it's you know, it, the the brewery scene is significantly more mature. Yeah. Um, just just you know, more heritage breweries, more of them, um, and it's competitive. And that's that's a big reason why we wanted to be there because mm-hmm. that's you know that's the 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 pond we want to try to iron swim in, right? Sharp like iron, exactly. Yes. So, we're excited. And he also wants to be in the same town as LaMelo. We don't have a LaMelo. We don't. You know? Yeah, we got we got Charlotte we got FC Aho. coming up in a couple of weeks. Lock yeah, on. Aho, like, just wants to play table tennis in his garage. He's not LaMelo, man. I'm going to see LaMelo Luca next month. I right. can't wait. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun. 
I'm more curious about because you're you're taking unknowns former space. Yep, correct. So it's very close to the stadium. Yep. Uh, what kind of game day event? You're going to have two seasons now, not just not just Panthers season. Uh, Charlotte FC yeah, is going to be playing yeah, at there, Bank and, of America Stadium. And then there's right? the Ponzi, there's Ponzi scheme season too. What MLS is? is wow, is really? Ponzi, yeah, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. It is. Okay. They make money off expansion fees. Just saying. Well, anyway, but if I get the three only, teams no, no, no. and those yeah, three teams exa- get right, three teams, right. we'll all make more money. Right, right. Yeah, but like... David Tepper ruined it for everybody with the expansion fee he just paid. You've got cool opportunities to take advantage of some of that game day vibe. 100%. That I'd, that yeah. I'd imagine you're going to take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited. I mean, I... So March to the stadium and whatnot. Oh, yeah. We got all sorts of... We got some We got some fun stuff planned and some fun stuff still you to plan. You need fun stuff because it's uh, not like Sam Darnold's going to give you anything fun. No, it was a... It was a... Uh, well, you know... We're talking soccer right now, Joe. Come on. I don't want to... I don't, uh, don't want to... Go they got there. two cams. Does Charlotte have enough? I know Charlotte's got a lot, but yeah. did they have enough for two cams? Don't, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They don't. Uh, only one cam can survive in Charlotte. <laughs> I think that should be, that's that's your grand opening. Yeah, exactly. Like you just Tag troll line. Cam Newton the whole time. I'm the Cam who has beer. <laughs> well, they have multiple Cams at at Hotfly as well. So yeah, they're oh, in the yeah. multiple Cam business, Meta, Metaverse Cam style. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say in, into the spider into the Camverse. I, th- um, I think they're gonna have the number one game day spot pregame in Charlotte. That rooftop that looks yeah. right down the street onto the stadium is yeah, going to be, be fun. Especially what they've done to it. Like I've seen the process of it. It's going to be phenomenal. So. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, going to be, be, cool. be fun for you all. So that's, that's going to be very, very cool. That just call for the Panthers get their act together. I, I know. You brought beer here today. Yeah, I did. And none of it's hazy so far. I know, man. I am. I could not be any more Do you proud. have any in there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a oh, shut uh, up, Ethan. You, so you brought Crunch Time, which is my my go-to, but you brought an English Mild. Yeah, we brought an English Man, Mild. And nobody drinks English Milds. An English Don't Mild, you know this, Cam? a West Coast, uh, an American Lager, and a single Hazy. So What? Um, yeah, you know, times are changing. Beers, what can beers I say? we drink. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Bringing you what, what, what we've been enjoying You've been drinking. doing basically a West Coast per tank or what? Like, And thank you. Yeah, have you been? You've been doing. You've been pumping out some West Coast. We stuff have, yeah. I mean, we've pretty seen, regularly. Yeah, I mean, we've seen our like. I mean, we used to be probably ninety percent hazy to ten percent West Coast yep. a year ago, and we're basically fifty fifty now. Oh, that's the best news I've heard. It's uh, the West Coast Revolution. Which is crazy. That, thank it's, God, man. it's like full on, and it might even be tipping more in favor of West Coast. I'm so, so happy to hear that. I'm looking forward to what people are going it. to be, and and any of you, please chime in. But I'm looking forward to. What people are going to be doing with West Coast styles. I think they had gotten, I mean, remember back in the day when like Pallet Wrecker and all those big, the IBU race, we called it. And um, they, they kind of took over. How bitter can we make this beer? How, how much can we throw in into the boil that, that can kind of mess with your, your taste buds? They don't need to be like that. Right. And, uh, if you look at some some of some of the West Coasts West Coasts West Coasts that I'm seeing right now are even more of the traditional like Sierra Nevada. They've got a little more caramel, a little darker malt bill, uh, build up a little bit more sweetness in them too. Yep. So so the West Coasts are like hazies. They're 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 trying to do different things to them, so it's not just one or two right. perceived 
types of beer. Yep, hundred percent. And and that's been awesome with you coming out with multiple yeah West Coast styles. Yeah, and I think I mean I've talked about this on the podcast before with regard to like hazy IPAs, but it's fun for us because we need we need reps to make sure. better beer, and it's it's yeah. been really incredible for us to like we get to brew a lot of West Coast, we get to tinker every single week. We talk about what we're changing, and we you know we pick our you know. At least for us, I've used. It's been like, all right, well, let's keep that constant. So let's 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 screw around with kettle treatment with salts. Let's screw around with grist and let's screw around with dry hops. But like, let's not let's get IBUs to a whatever what you, call what it sixty IBU. Yeah, level. what are you keeping yours? I'm seeing a lot of West Coast quote West Coast yep. staying around that sixty to seventy yep. range right now. Bro units. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean that's right where we are. We're, we're targeting sixty. And so. and your and and your ABV staying around six to seven, six and a half, seven and a half, something like that. I'd say seven. Seven, seven okay. generally is what we're shooting for. That's that's super comfortable for yeah. your palate, yep. right? The the lower you go on ABV, you're going to lose sugar, so that bitterness is really going to shine through. Bitterness and vice shine versa, through and if you go too low on bitterness and too high on sugar content, it's going to be too sweet. Right. We're keeping our hopping rates the same as our hazies, so we got a lot of hot material going in there. So you, I mean, you need some some malt body, you need some sweetness, right. you need a boo- little bit of booze just to kind of help balance all that out as well. So um, a little bit on barrel culture. What do you what have you guys been working on? Well, I mean, we're joining. We, I said a couple of years ago, we joined the the clean beer game. Yeah. We, I know you made a joke. You know, you brought two bottles, um, which I'm I'm taking that imperial. That that's um that's mine. I'm so that that that's the perfect example of it. Is this bottle the sour bottle? It's a wild bottle that we produced but, in Durham. But you joked. You're like, yeah, we still make those. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a that's a. It's a it's a whole long conversation about the future of mixed ver- firm sure <laughs> mixed firm beer in the in you know the beer world right now yeah but it's you know it's it's something we really like to do and we've you know been doing oh and, it since and day there's one. a there's a dedicated market for what you do yes with that mixed fermentation but it's, so. it's also something that we've seen that is starting that's that's decreasing and ever more steadily it's mm-hmm. it's it's continuing to decrease and it's why do you think that is well it's because we're making you know <laughs> we're making really stupid heavily fruited kettle sours that we're pasteurized but it's that's just one part of the process because that's what the market is asking for okay the smoothie sour the kettle the heavily fruited kettle sour smoothie sour is that's what people want that's what people want right now okay. and that's when people are associating sour beer right now, I feel like that's what they're pointing at in, yeah, in the industry. Not, and that's not what I do. And it's so. not necessarily what we, it's not necessarily what it is. You know, it's, that's a, it's hard to explain. Like when you say, oh, that's our clean beer. We're still making sours in our clean beer because they're not mixed fermentation, mm-hmm. cultural sours. I'm claiming this one, guys. You can't have Whoa. it. Oh, all right. So do you do the smoothie sours? Oh yeah. Do you like them? Real talk. Real talk. Nobody's listening. Do you like drinking them? I love to drink them. I think they're really, really good, and you should go out and buy one today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, Adam. What, are you, not, what did you? What do you expect? That's Adam? like asking a dude if his kid's good looking or is his kid ugly. Hey, uh, how do you think that kid looks? Oh, he's a higher bro. It's not necessarily my favorite. It's style. got a market. It's got a market. It's and got a personality. It's, it's got people that love it, and they're going to keep buying them. I, I just wanted to know if you – man, brewers brew beer all the time. They don't drink. <laughs> that's a that's difference. That's a range, dude. The, maybe that's my problem. I started with, like, real sour beers, and I was at – 
I was, of course, I was at Bond a few weeks ago. It was probably a couple months ago now. And Wit had some some smoothies. I had never tasted one, um, but I have cracked open one of my kids' animals before that wasn't completed <laughs> at their lunch, and I literally couldn't tell the difference between the smoothie, the smoothie beer, and a dan. Like that's what it reminded me of, because that tartness can give off kind of the, that yogurty flavor too. It was, and it, this wasn't even your beer. I don't even remember whose it was. I know it wasn't a barrel culture smoothie, but that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, man, and wit and wit was like, dude, I, I love drinking these things. So it's interesting. Like, like and, and, and he, he loves them, but he said he loves them. He loves them because they are so thick and heavier that it slows him down. And he's like, I'll sip on this over the course of like an hour while I'm talking to people. That's why I like drinking it. Yeah. So it's, it's just, like I said, if you love it or hate it, you're still, you got to do what sells and there's definitely a market for it. I just wanted to know like what people's thoughts are, especially on this beer. I think this beer is kind of all over the place with how people feel about it. To tie it back to the mills, the reason that we even started doing it was because we were out at the mills and they have uh, batch pasteurizer out there. And that's, it's generally the, it's the only reason we were like, well, let's just jump in this game. If, if people are doing this, this is what people want to buy. And let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about the import. What, let's talk about what we hear this word, pasture, pasteurize, pasteurization, whatever. Um, most craft beer is at least most local craft beer is not pasteurized. What does it mean for somebody who has no idea what it means to pasteurize something? And what does it do? For the product, it stops the development of the beer. So, you and what's it. the process? Like, how do you pasteurize something? Uh, well, there's so there's a million different ways. How do you guys it. use? We yours? use a batch pasteurizer. That's an old steam pasteurizer they use for meat, and it's out of the mills. There are four. Steam? Are you saying steamed hams? For, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. There are three racks that hold. You can fit about twenty cases each on them. We package, label, pack tech. And then load everything onto the racks, and we run a pasteurization cycle on there. Uh, different breweries, basically, use, just use like different flash temperatures. Them, right? Yeah, yeah. Depending on you know, what kind of units you're looking to get, right? There's different pasteurization units. Depending on, like milk, for example, is going to be way more heavily pasteurized yeah. than you know a heavy jam, for example. Um, but yeah, usually you know bring it up to 145 degrees and hold it for 40 40 minutes or so. Okay, so you hold it for that long. So it's not really a flash process. It's it's a it's drawn out for a little bit. So you're telling me people don't want to drink this anymore? That's what you're telling me. No, I'm not telling you that. The, the consumer's telling you that. People don't want to drink this. That's I, wild to me because this isn't this is insanely good. I think that people See, I, I think everything is cyclical in beer. Like, I think people True. do. I think people absolutely would want to drink it. It's about getting it in their hands and convincing them to do it. And it's first. a time and place. And, yeah. You're not going to drink that after work every day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Ethan man. doesn't. He drinks 99% hazy IPAs. Yeah. He said that. I wanted to get back to the pasteurization At thing some real point quick. We'll get back to brood IPAs. <sighs> Kidding. I don't know if that, I think I'm that shit is, I, it was a joke. sailed the dry seas, <laughs> no, Joe. Yes, I, I know. Um, Bud Dry will come back. Oh, that would be amazing. So back to these fruited, fruited beers, sorry, fruited sours, um, and the importance of pasteurization. Um, there are several that have, if you're on any beer bro pages or anything like that, you see, you see these shelf bombs, right? Where... If they're not pasteurized, people are pleading, please keep these cold. 
right? <laughs> because if they start getting too warm, you get secondary fermentation and CO2 is releasing and there's nowhere for it to go and that can's going to explode and it happens on the shelf. And because these are have fruit in them, they make a mess. They are a sticky mess Happens on the shelf, happens up. in your kitchen, happens right. everywhere. <laughs> right. So, so pasteurization adds to shelf stability. Yes. A little bit, correct? But still good good idea because there's fruit in here to keep these things cold. And it doesn't it doesn't it could extend other styles. It doesn't necessarily sure. just the fruited sour stuff because for example If you dry hop a beer, it's, it's a lot of times there's secondary fermentation with with dry hopping a beer. Yeah. It happens. But I was thinking more along the lines of like barrel-aged stouts or barrel-aged sure. beers where you want to kill off anything that's still living in that beer and that pasteurizer so you don't have that beer change over time into something that you didn't intend it to be. Yep. So, it, you know, and that doesn't, like, it, that's not just fruited sours out there for us. We've run stout through there. and You bring up barrel-aged stouts. Jack Hendler was talking about on a podcast a couple of years ago when you're barrel-aged from Jack's Abbey, when you're barrel-aging something. You're infecting that beer, whether you want to or not, uh, and it's just a matter of matter of fact and how 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 deeply it, it goes. So pasteurizing is a great idea for that. Yeah, and I mean, speaking from Hopfly standpoint, I mean that's been a huge asset of the Rocky Mountain facility. That's uh, frankly just really really expensive to replicate. You know, sure. So you think about ninety eight percent of breweries doing less than two thousand barrels a year. You want whatever twenty percent of that four hundred barrels a year to be fruited sour like you're not going to spend 100 grand on a pasteurizer right that's not going to make sense but this is a very unique i mean this is a very unique way where you can come out here and like you grab two tanks you can you can package fruited sours and you can you can pasteurize them and i mean and for us that was like i mean that was the barrier to entry we were like we're never going to do this right and i think kind of like ethan and his team we were like well as soon as we can pasteurize and we can make them shelf stable we know we're not sending you know porch bombs out into the market um well you know we'll go for it we'll give it a try how many breweries are still are though? Just taking the chances. There's a lot of. There's them a lot. There. There's a lot. I think. I, th- I think there's a lot less now. I think they're because they get because, called out. Well, it's because there's like, if, if, for example, you can sorbate like that's another like way of that people are it's cheaper and people are using to kill off yeast. So like there's there's some other ways of doing it Ex- now. Explain. I don't. I'm. I'm not going to be able to technically. You said ex- sorbet, like like sorbet, the dessert. like uh, I think a potassium sorbate. Is that what? Uh, yeah, yeah, not, not orange sorbet, yeah. I think, but yeah, it's like, you, it's like wines that have sulfites and all that. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Gotcha. It's a preservative and yeah. it can inhibit certain bacterial growth. Sure. Um, which is, I, that's a whole nother realm if you want to put that in your beer, but it's in 99% of wine that people drink. So yeah, we actually had to get my sister-in-law, sister-in-law, some kind of thing that removes the, uh, sulfites. I know you have to you put that it. on the label. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You, you do have to put it on it gives her a headache. Yeah, you do have to put it on a label. But then you can pasteurize in your, I mean, you can pasteurize in your mash tun. Sure. I mean, sure. there's there's a bunch of different ways to do it without having, I, did, I feel like more people are, especially in the fruit and sour game, are trying to do, do they it need that to, way. Because especially as people do it, if you don't and you're, you're one that is getting exploding cans, you get known for that, that's, that's hard to recover from. Yeah. Um, so as, as we get ready to start wrapping things up, um, Real quick on Rocky Mount to, to tie it back to the start of this conversation. I feel like Rocky Mount's always in a, a state of evolution uh, in terms of what we want to do with things. It's a very capital broadcasting thing to do. Full um, disclosure. What's that? Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Um, we have, I, I, can spe- I can speak to it personally. You know, we have these great ideas and then we, we, we work around those. Like this beer podcast somehow. If we're still doing it, I don't know why. 
Why are we still doing this? Seven and a half years strong. Yeah. Like at some point, some point, somebody at Capitol will be like, y'all can stop now. But apparently not. Regardless, I'm just looking for an out. Honestly, I've been with these Adam guys and I too can long. Just keep it going, John. No, you, you guys have podcast equipment now. You're good. This is not, this is not happening. You guys have carry. This is not happening. You guys have your carry podcast. Let's wrap it up. You have your carry podcast. You got your equipment. You don't even listen anymore. to download. So, listen to carry work. Live so work play, please. Where so also where are things now with Rocky Mountain? Like River and Twine has been successful. People want to hang out in those uh, in those tiny houses, um, and like. Like Adam jokes, you can just walk around with beer and whatnot, and have a good old time. Completely serious. No, yeah, what'd you call it? What'd you call it earlier? The uh, it's the Vegas, the Vegas of Eastern North Carolina. Yeah, it really is. That's right. It, it's fine. Like you can just you can just do just everything you need to do. Tables out there in Rocky Mountain. If you want to hang out, go eat. Uh, what is it? The, the Tipsy Tomato. Crush some pizza. Yeah, uh, the Prime Smokehouse out there now. If you yes. can walk right by the I mean, breweries and they'll tell you where the Prime Smokehouse is. <laughs> and then, Don't follow the signs. <laughs> and then you can just stumble back to the tiny house. You're good to go. So it really is a, a fun spot. So uh, big what, shout out to River and Twine. That is a good time. Yeah, the River. So River and Twine's growing. From what I understand, yeah. Okay. Yeah, more, very more tiny stuff. houses, which yeah, is more, good. More, more tiny come. houses are just new houses that are medium-sized houses. This is, yes, schmediums. Either way is gross. Schmediums. Um, so that's that's good. Anything else that people need to be aware of with, like, just going there and spending a, an overnight? Yeah, I mean the whole the whole campus is really just something you gotta you gotta come and experience, okay. especially with all you know eight different breweries there, and soon enough gonna have beer on from all day, eight different breweries that you can try there. Gotcha. Um, not to mention you know the the bottle shop tap rooms and all the different restaurants, mm-hmm. but being on the Tar River also just provides such a great space, right? Whether you're a fisherman or or you just want you know to enjoy the nature out there, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we had a we have we gotta get back out there. Well, was, it, it was it Tar River Outfitters? They do like tubing and stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they do. Yeah, so it's that's good summertime. It is, it is. So, uh, so go check that out. Yeah, some it, fly fishing out there. I mean, Tar River bass striper are running right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, beautiful, gotcha. beautiful fish. Very, very cool. Um, but a lot, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of exciting change happening with uh, with hot fly slowly transitioning out, mm-hmm. you know, and growing up. Um, it's it's really exciting, you know, and we've got you know close just about 150 barrels of fermenter capacity mm-hmm. that as Hopfly phases out, we'll be opening up, right? And so we're, uh, we're open and available to any and all breweries that are looking for additional capacity. Yeah, come on down. It's a good spot. Everything's growing. And uh, like I always like to say too, especially from the Triangle perspective, uh, people think Rocky Mount, man, that seems like it's a far, no, it's only 45 minutes away. Yeah, and it's right off 64. <laughs> it's going right to be more convenient. I mean, the 64 bypass makes it incredibly easy to get out to Rocky Mount Mills. So uh, so go check that out. Well, thanks uh, thanks for hanging out, guys. Appreciate yeah, bringing the beer and everything was great as always. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what do we got coming up next week? Uh, well, we're uh, kind of staying in the Charlotte scene resident culture will be here next week okay all the yeah. culture yeah I for mean, the culture we're staying we're still talking charlotte and we're stalk- talking about culture so i love it resident culture we're all about the culture you know yes yeah. totally beer culture yes all right so that'll come up next week if you miss anything uh we got a whole bunch of uh podcasts with uh, a variety of breweries that have come through so go check those out on the podcast feed and we'll see you all next week cheers, cheers. You've been listening to the 919 Beer Podcast with hosts Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. 
This podcast also airs Saturday mornings at 8 on Buzz Sports Radio. Thanks again for listening to the 919 Beer Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.